The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Ben Haworth. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, we're continuing on with our COVID Bondcast with 1979's Moonraker. You've yeah, this, the moon. We're going to space with James Bond, because Star Wars was a thing, and it's great. <laughs> yes, this is directed by Lewis Gilbert. Writer was Christopher Wood for the screenplay. Stars Roger Moore, Lewis, uh, sorry, Lewis Chills. I always feel like I'm saying her name wrong. Michael Long. Lonsdale as Drax and of course uh, I don't remember the actor's name uh, Jaws Richard was Richard Keel. Keel Richard Keel Richard Keel yeah and yeah the synopsis James Bond investigates the midair theft of a space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit global genocide <laughs> it's a yeah it is it is uh, oh man the, the thing to note about this movie is that it is one of the crazier crazier James Bond films I, I, in my opinion it's kind of like Probably the craziest, most out there bond, most camp bond is kind of what I generally get here a lot about this from my end of this. Uh, I think there might be campier bonds, but I think this is like the most like and now we have a genre and we're going to do sci fi and, you know, the rules just don't apply to anything. (laughs) This is the this is the bond film where they walk through a very tiny set and they're like, this is the museum of glass. And you instantly go, okay, how long before we break everything in this in a comical <laughs> yeah. fashion? Most like, what is the still, countdown? Yeah. Still the record for the most uh, broken glasses of sugar glass on a set. This is this, yes. is, this is that fight. <laughs> yeah. The most the most sugar glass ever broken in a movie is this movie, and it was that fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh wonderful and and yet it will still like this is the weird thing about the bond uh, the more bonds is that it'll have that and then it'll have like insanely dark scenes like the woman getting chased by the dogs which is like that, straight out oh, of like a yeah. 70s Uber British violent. horror movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just, I just like film. I was like I was, I was like is Drax about to Dick Cheney him I don't remember this scene <laughs> like mm-hmm. Jesus like that's uh, it's, for it's, some reason I always think that scene is in uh, Goldfinger I don't know why yeah, but the, the, yeah. the famous him shooting and I so remember this is a film full of Mandela effects as we'll talk about the most infamous oh, one God, but yeah. uh, uh, Trevor didn't believe me <laughs> I did I texted be like no it's there it's gotta be and uh, yeah I didn't believe you you're right uh, but yeah for some reason I always thought that like they did it twice I'm like man that's so lazy but yeah Anyways, no, this is the I'm, one. This is the one where he shoots a guy out of a tree. No, okay, let me. Yes. The one thing I want to break down that is important to understanding this movie as well too is the budget for this movie. This movie costs thirty million dollars. It costs as much as the previous eight Bond films combined. It also is the highest grossing Bond films until Goldeneye. And one of the th- fun facts about this movie is that the opening sequence for this one costs the same amount of money as all of Doctor No. <laughs> And that's yeah. yeah, just just the opening song title sequence cost the same amount as all. And like, I think it was I think it broccoli was like just super pissed off about that. <laughs> like, it was like, why was this so expensive? <laughs> there there also, is just something about Bond where they will constantly over inflate the fourth one. Something about when you get to the fourth one in a Bond entry, 
it, it just gets the budget is out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, and it also definitely way. one of the things is that definitely they this is a reactionary Bond film and that it, re, it was a reaction to Star Wars. They decided to do Moonraker next. Uh, and, and this is like definitely this because they said at the end of the previous movie that he'll return in your eyes only, which was a lie because the next movie was Moonraker. So they did genuinely switch this up because they, you know, they were trying to follow a trend uh, somewhat super successfully. <laughs> so because I think this is still the fifth overall highest rated like our most uh, with inflation like the most grossing bond film is that right ben yes it was the fifth highest grossing uh, just from inflation but at the time it was the highest grossing it was the first one to surpass uh thunderball yeah 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 and i, and I think that's i think that i think thunderball is a good comparison to this movie in terms of thunderball is a lot more of a bond movie and this is kind of its own thing sometimes but i still think that this movie has some of the coolest stunts in the James Bond franchise. Uh, I'm let's, let's go ahead and start. I don't want to start on the stunts, but specifically, but I want to, I want to talk about that opening, that opening parachute montage and how it took 88. It took 88 jumps to get that (laughs) two minutes of footage. Yeah. 88 jumps. They had breakaway suits. It's one of the most, yeah, it's, it's one of the most incredible sequences. This is a sequence for those who haven't seen it in a while where they, they jump out of an airplane and there's several henchmen, shooting and being shot at and it looks like everyone is not wearing parachutes because they are wearing secret parachutes that are sewn into their suits yeah Yeah. they had breakaway suits and that's this is like this movie has a lot of bullshit but i think i appreciate the bullshit like the boat is actually like the gondola in vegas or not in, in vegas Venice. Sorry. Yeah. I, in, in no, Venice. I know where you're going. Uh, <laughs> it's a <v>. <laughs> <laughs> There's like We're two V work. Yeah, there's like two V cities I know. And it's either Vegas or Venice. Um Venezuela is a country. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyways, Venus is a yeah. planet. Okay, yeah, uh, we're getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, so I I think the the cool thing is like that boat was just an actual boat that like actually blew up and had a hover car. Like they just built the actual spy gadget, and that's this movie to a T. <laughs> like they just actually like spent more money than I think they really needed to in certain places. Like they spent so much money on this gondola. Oh, and I just love. I'm getting off track here. You you uh, you guys need this. This movie. I feel like this movie needs to be reviewed with a certain amount of like insane manic energy to like do it justice because there is this also the point where they just started having callbacks and Roger Moore was developing his own callbacks like the guy with beer is the second time he appeared he appears in three James Bond movies where in in this one in the original one he looks at his beer and and I think it was in the previous movie and this one he looks at it it's the gondola scene and he looks at his wine and in the next movie he looks at his I think he looks at something else Uh, it's the same guy because when I saw that I was like oh they're they're literally doing the like oh I gotta stop drinking this stuff joke or whatever no, it's the same like, guy it's it's, this- and he's like a person i feel like he's he's like an actual it's like cameo if i'm not mistaken like he was a comedy actor at the time or something yeah. i think he was I, I he was some it was like kind of a loose comedy actor i don't think he was like somebody big yeah i think he, he was like man with beer man with wine i think he was in three <laughs> he's in the next one as well so and that, he's in those three movies and jaws also returned so i think they were trying to create you know they were trying to create roger moore in jokes that were continuing over from movies you know and right, also this well, because is the, the spy who loved me was the one that like hit finally was the more film that like did really well in comparison yeah. uh with the budget and and so this one is like the one where you you avengers endgame it you know you just go like 
huger <laughs> in a very yeah, yeah. weird yeah. 70s way. Uh, that whole sequence, the gondola sequence, is one of the most absurd things in any film. It's my favorite. There have been so many Bond boat chases, and this what? is this is the best one for There's me. There's two it's in this movie. Wild. There's two separate boat chases in this movie. This movie is like the space movie, and it's all about water sports. That's a different thing. <laughs> Fuck. The, 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 um, the best thing is the fact that like it's not even that the gondola is driving for me. It is that the animals can't handle that the gondola is driving. What? Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> There's literally a pigeon who like turns and then they repeat the frame so it's like the pigeon goes like, what? <laughs> like he does a double take. It is so And then there's like a little dog that does the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it as a double take. Yeah. yeah. I, I also You're just like, love the random coffin bad guy with knives. <laughs> That's just he's so why funny. is he a, why is there a he's vampire so in Venice? <laughs> funny. That I don't think they intended it, but it's a very funny joke because he shows up like a mini boss in a video game. He has all these knives. Mm-hmm. He's coming out of a coffin. It's very like <laughs> anime or it's so over the top and he literally throws one knife and Bond catches it and then throws it back and kills him. <laughs> He's the worst at knives. And then, and then they stay, it's so, and there's a chase sequence happening. They cut from the chase sequence to show the boat run and just the coffin get knocked off the top of this roof into the river. And I'm like, why did we interrupt the chase sequence to see the, like, they just had to put nails in that literal coffin just to make sure we all knew that he was lame. Like, I was like, who was this vampire why did you hate him, bro? Yeah, and like they take the time for a guy passing by on the bridge to like see it and have this like weird disgusted <laughs> reaction and throw his cigarette in the water. Like, yeah, he was uh. like, oh, death. I gotta stop smoking. I'm like, what was that? Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I get it's, it, it, it. I didn't follows. get that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the also you know, the, the couple that keeps kissing and the gondola row man that keeps <laughs> yeah. trying to row half a boat as it's sinking. Yeah. I, I just, mean, is it weird that I like halfway through? I always like it's this is a Mandela effect with this. I always just expect him to like start saluting or something and just mm-hmm. sink into the Venice and just like just go down with the ship. I don't know. I always imagine that's from that. something but, else. I can see that too. Yeah. That this is like also the else. era of like big blockbusters having um like zany British Benny Hill ish Xantix in it because this is like right around when Superman three comes out and that is all. Oh, God. I, I rewatched oh. Superman three and it is all just like these. He's like, oh, cheeky, isn't it? Like kind of humor. And it is just <laughs> not my kind of humor. And I, it's better here, I'll say, than Superman 3. And it, I think because Bond has already inherently become more silly by this point. Where like the last Superman 2 movie was like pretty bleak <laughs> for like the 70s at least. Uh, but here, man, it's they just, they just really go all out with the, the, the zane. The zaniness of this one is just out of control. <laughs> I mean, the cold open, you have a space shuttle being transported on the back of a 747. Is that a thing? No, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. That's that's how they launch the space shuttle. It flies on the back of a 747 and then it takes off. It was in, it was in the new Superman returns. They did the same thing happen where the space shuttle lights before it detaches and takes literally the thing into space. Like that's actually literally how they do that. I will say there is a certain, the other thing too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, no, the, no, the big thing is that this was the public first big viewing of the space shuttle. This was like their big yeah. get yeah. for the movie was that the space shuttle mm-hmm. was not well publicized before then. 
Yeah. The space shuttle hadn't been launched yet when they got the models for the space shuttle, but they, you know, it actually, the models had not been finalized for the space shuttles that they were going to get because Columbia was in production, but it hadn't been built yet. So there was, they got the models, but luckily enough, they were, all the things they changed were more internal. So the space shuttle actually ended up looking like the actual space shuttle. And this came out months beforehand, before it was launched. It was supposed to be in time with it, but the space shuttle production was actually delayed. So the space shuttle didn't actually come out till, you know, after, I think, for your eyes only. Yeah. So like, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this was the, this British movie was the first movie to like, have like the American public space shuttle. And it was just, and I, I have to admit, I love those American troops. It's like, we're going to space and we're going to have space lasers. <laughs> God, the it's lasers. so funny. We have like barely, barely conquered space. It's only 10 years since we went to the moon and, and, and you know, we've done maybe I think 10 more moon landings. Myth that. No, not even. There's less because I think it's like tall yeah, 17 yeah, is the last yeah. one. So, yeah. and then in this movie, like, they're like, there's a space thing. And like, we just, the army is ready. They got their space lasers. <laughs> they got their space we shuttles. They're going. <laughs> Lewis Gilbert will have his people in uniform shooting other people in uniforms. Even if they have to go to space to do it. God damn it. <laughs> he must have his army of nameless goons shooting at each other. I, 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 okay. As, as a guy that's always been a fan of like, for you only live twice in Thunderball and like the final sequences, cause I've never really hated them. I know that they're chaotic and they're not particularly good action sequences, but I do find it's like good, fun set pieces. I do like this one, just the, the, the dumb version of this in space. It's just, it always, it always just like, it just starts and they start shooting at each other. And I just, I laugh. Like, I'm just oh, like, yeah. and it's, and, it always, oh, yeah. and it's they're so never, tiny. Yeah, they're so small. That's part of it. <laughs> Too, yeah, with the, like the wide shot, shot of them. Yeah, it just shot from like back here, and you're like, and it's just like, oh, flying into space from being shot with a laser, and the guy's like literally like screaming, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know. I just every time it comes on film, it's just like one of those things where it's like it's like a it's like a whistle, and I start like howling like like hysterically, and I I love this movie so much. I oh yeah, I'm really, watching the scene on yeah, YouTube now, yeah. and and when. Drax's men come out of the space shuttle. It's so clear that Lewis Gilbert filmed them on blue screen boxes and then just moved them around because they are standing, very clearly right. standing, and right, they're just right. moving them around. It's so funny. And they're kind of like rocking back to side out during in the box a little bit. It's amazing. But I mean, as a model fan, space, oh, oh just yeah, a practical, yeah. giant yeah. ass, ridiculous spaceship is just my jam and a half. Yeah, the space lasers, actual lasers were used for some of the filming, too. So I don't know why that's important to me, but it makes me happy that there were actual dumbass lasers used in the making of <laughs> they're this They're pretty movie. fun lasers. They're, they're pretty bright for the 70s. I think they're even brighter than the, the first Star Wars movie. They're, they're pretty yeah, they are. optical yeah. effects. It is. I think. And I think that's the other thing we got to take into account. This is 1979. This is just at the cusp of the 80s. This is actually, as far as effects go, it's real solid ass work, right? Like, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, you know, I know that it's easy to make fun of this movie, and I think that there's a lot of shooting that makes it like not. I, I think. Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> Sorry, it was my alarm. Is that is that your alarm? God, what are you what are you waking up for ice cream? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just My want bad. to feel like a child in the morning. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. I, 
I don't know what, what, okay. And I, the other thing I want to get to, so I want to, I, sorry, I may be talking too much. I want to talk, let's talk about, let's talk, I may be dominating the conversation a little What's too much. What's the way to structure a conversation about this thing? There is no way to structure it. The unstructured conversation is the way to review this dumbass movie, <laughs> but that's the well, point. It's Bond too at its most like globetrotty, just like set piecey, like very, this yeah. is like really, really into the era of just like, we're going to do the Amazon. We're going to do uh, oh, the Amazon dude. sets planned. We got, you know, space shuttle launch the, plan. We got a the Sugarloaf cable car fight. I love I love yeah. that. Yeah. And and the lair and all we got. We got all everything Mayan. Like, it's very obvious that this Mayan ruin, this very real Mayan ruin we filmed at is not actually in this physical location in Rio de Janeiro. But like, I believe it. It's fine. They got like whatever pyramid that is and they he go in farther <laughs> and they got Chuck Mool It's a big Chuck Mool statue. It's fine. <laughs> It's just fine. Oh, I love it's, it. The, the the Drax is like little grotto with all of his like Aryan people. Like it looks like the most like cool part of like a Disney water park. <laughs> like it's just like this great rain. It's so clearly chlorinated water. It's bright blue, but it just I just want to chill in that uh, weird place. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, I, the music comes in and it's so psychedelic kind of to me. And I just feel like, whoa, we just entered like a different space. Space. Like this, this Bond movie just took like on a very like sci-fi fantasy like feel for half a second. Whenever like they just randomly pop out of the jungle wearing white dresses and being all alluring and shit for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, this yeah. this has this has a really this has a really messed up plot actually, and it, it's it, I think it's one of those things. It actually has a fairly dark plot actually. Like, and there's like moments yeah. of this when like when like Drax is like a necklace of death around the earth. I'm like Jesus, man! <laughs> like slow yeah, your roll. Do, you, where, do like, you know what movie you're in? <laughs> Jesus, there's like a brutal part where Bond like leaves one of the little poison capsules on a on the edge of a. A thing. These two scientists come in and actually knock it over, and then they die like horribly on screen. And he just watches, and you're like, "Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> raise." Yeah, it gives There's the rock a run for its money with just like ridiculous, think, like poison deaths. <laughs> and then I think ten minutes later is the sugar glass fight. It's just like all over the place. <laughs> I'm trying to I don't see care. If this is the last Bond that John Barry scored. I think it might. I don't think. I think no. It Living made, Daylights. It was he made it oh, all. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, John Barry. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, I feel bad for him now. <laughs> I was like, that's a, this would have been the this would have been the Bond movie to be the final score on. Also, another thing too. The this is the only Bond movie that the Walther P99 or the Wal the uh, sorry the uh, Walther PPK doesn't appear. Huh. Uh. Including the P ninety nine because it's I think there's a there's one I think it's Tomorrow Never Dies a couple of bonds with uh with uh I, I don't know why they, like they decided that Pierce Bronson needed a chunkier gun <laughs> like that's like chunky <laughs> gun it's like he well, has well he also a, has like it was like the era of Uzis because he has like an Uzi in one of them too oh my god that's that GoldenEye secretly made the era I know it's like a Spectre thing like but it's like it, when you think about like that it's either it's either you know uh, it's either like from Russia with love with their like evil compound of henchmen or it's or it's the fucking like uh, Brosnan era where like everybody has an Uzi and, and like a, and a black turtleneck you know it's just it's just comes back <laughs> like, it's always the it black does. turtleneck <laughs> it's just the black turtleneck there's a lot of great black turtleneck in GoldenEye that's for sure 
Yeah, I do love that second boat chase, though. I know that's a, I know that's, a, but I love how that's just like a huge, just like advertisement for whatever the fuck that boat is, right? Because <laughs> like the shot it is just is. like framed right there, and the boat title is right there, and it's Roger Moore, just like looking out the window, and he just like turns and I was like, "You're not looking behind you, asshole! <laughs> like you're not looking at anything. <laughs> like I, we can see the view of the boat from air." And he just turns and he's just like looking over his shoulder, like you're looking at the side of the bank. What are you? looking at sorry i love that i still love i love that boat too because i think that's like i think the only other boat chase that really comes close to me for that like the 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 gondola chase is dumb and i love the gondola chase for what it is but like i find that that's a pretty legitimate like boat chase the one in the world is not enough is pretty fun i can't believe i completely forgot about the second boat chase i'm looking at it right now it's the one where like he flies over off over a waterfall in yep. the end, right? And it's, and it's probably the most ridiculous Jaws thing where Jaws is just like, you know, Jaws just like goes over the waterfall and you see his like mannequin just fall over uh-huh. the waterfall. <laughs> and then he like comes out of the water. He's like, ah, I'm Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> I also let's. All right. We got to talk. We got to talk about Dolly. Um, so there's also, of course, the fucking the fucking rail car stunt, which I just this is the, this movie. This is this is the Thunderball effect here. And that there's this movie is packed to pack in stunts and dumb things are happening and I don't care because They're it's just a all fun amazing yeah the, yeah the like the fucking the things like they had well, apparently they had a ton of death defying stunts with them with the cable cars because the guy almost fell the stuntman almost fell doing the cable car stunt and then also like uh, Jaws my favorite thing about this my favorite fact about this movie is that Jaws when he has the cable it's actually a cable made out of licorice that he bites yeah <laughs> and I just that. now, that's great yeah now that I know that, watching it back, I'm like, oh my god, this is a giant thing of licorice, and I can't unsee it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and it never noticed. It always looked real and badass. And now that I know it's licorice, I'm like, I totally believe that's licorice. <laughs> I love Jaws in this so much yeah. more than his first appearance. I would agree. I, I think this is Jaws at his best. Uh, I'm glad they brought him back because. Uh, he just has a lot more personality, even though he's being goofy. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the he's circus the thing sh- is. <laughs> oh, the he's, circus he's, thing is. Yeah, he's dunked <laughs> in the river of ham in this movie. He is just yeah. he's literally chewing the scenery, Ben. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He does. He does. <laughs> my, other, my other thing is like, uh, like the face he makes when he goes over the waterfall with just his like O face with the T. It's like, oh, it's like, it's, it's like, I want that reaction gift for like anything. I just want that of like Jaws going over the waterfall. Like, oh, <laughs> I also, I also just think that like one of the things that they actually, they actually decided to change Jaws in this movie because of letters that were written to him by kids. First off, yeah, kids should probably that. not be like reading the spy who like love me. <laughs> just like yeah. a film that came out not that long before this one. So they watch this and they send him letters and he's like, why can't Jaws be a goodie? And I'm like, what kids saw Jaws in the previous film kill a person with his teeth and said, that guy should be a good guy. <laughs> like then. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. That's <laughs> just what you call charisma. What were you going to, yeah. did you, did you want to talk about Dolly? Cause we were kind of in that city. Yeah. The, so the Dolly, Dolly, or yeah, no, Dolly, Dolly is the, is the short pigtailed lady. That's her technical name. Never said in the, uh, never said in the thing. And I just, I just love how like I totally buy Dolly's romance with Jaws more than anything else in this movie romance wise. <laughs> Uh, it's and, probably and one of the I better actually, romances I, in Bond in general. <laughs> yeah, well, I love, yeah. Like, I, 
Well, I love at the end, like he's so tender with like the champagne glass. And I was like, this is the most I've ever believed, like a Bond end of film champagne moment. And I'm like, what the fuck does that say? Well, it's even better because there's not really romance in this one. And that's what I I like it better. When he meets the CIA agent, they just like come to an understanding that they're going to fuck. And they're like spies with benefits for the whole time. All right. Outside of her name, which I love Goodhead's name. I'm sorry. Personally, I love Goodhead's. I I feel like it fits the camp of this movie. It feels it definitely fits the level to which this movie's going for. So I I know. I know. I'm not I'm not going to defend it because I don't want to. God help me. If you don't like it, I understand entirely why. Um, but the, the point I will say is that I do feel like in terms of like actual Bond women who end up chopping a lot of people's necks and actually being like somewhat effective, she is so much better than the average. Like she's top five Bond women in terms of somebody that actually like takes a henchman down. Just I know that's like a, that's like a weird subset, but at least like in and and she's never really I mean, she is damseled and distressed a couple of times and Jaws knocks her out and like she actually hits Jaws with chains. I mean, she's not it's, it's the same thing like i'm not defending it it's not better than other things but i do think it's just like they were trying more with her and i think that she is like so much more capable and interesting even than like the previous russian spy who knocked james bond out because there's no there's just no scene of her like getting put into a weird dress do you know what i mean (laughs) like where the villain literally and you're you have to ask the question is like who the fuck put her into that dress and did the villain coerce her into getting to that dress? And you're just like, I don't I don't know why I think about those things. I just think about those awkward interactions. It's like this like tubby, like industrialist coming and it's like, put on the dress for me. Man. <laughs> Do we want to yeah. talk about the tubby industrialist next? Because I well, love uh, let, me, let me talk about the, the weird Mandela effect of this movie first, because it's, it's oh, one yeah, of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's the one that hits me. The most because it's I think it's just because it's the one most obvious joke that Moonraker doesn't do. It's the one point where the Moonraker is misses the most obvious joke, which is that when Jaws gets the cable car and smashes into the building and it's a great effect, a very, very good. Um, they actually smashed like it looked like a full building because people were running away from it. It looked really nice. Um, yeah. Obviously, a big thing of styrofoam, like a wall of styrofoam, but it looked cool. Um, and, uh, he comes out and he is, uh, falls in front of this small woman with pigtails and there's a slow, like the, the, that cheesy romantic music. I don't know where it's from, but you've heard it in a billion parodies and movies. God, if only and Sarah was here, slow, she could tell us. <laughs> she would know. She would know for sure. And, and they're like slowly, they, their smiles, like very slowly pull up and you expect the most obvious joke in the world. And I swore when I was a kid, this was how it was, which is that he is a thing full of teeth. And she has braces. And that's the joke. Haha, ha. she has metal for her teeth as well, in a way. She doesn't. She has regular normal teeth. And it it I every time I watch it, I'm like, this can't be the right movie. It was yeah. changed on me. It's the same for <laughs> with Nathan Fillion shows up in Saving Private Ryan. I was like, there's no way you were always in this movie. This just feels wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, it's just it's just one of those weird things. But uh, it's the, I think it's just because it's the one point where Moonraker doesn't go for an obvious joke. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just surprising. That's the one we're like, well, let's not give her braces. That's ridiculous. That's just too far. So anyways, we can we can continue on with Drax now. I just had to had to have my weird Mandela effect rant. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I totally think of her as wearing braces, and then oh, I totally I had it. Yeah. yeah, I, I yeah. like. I was like, oh, she's not wearing braces. That's weird. Uh, and I was like, I so, was like, 
I, I was convinced at one point, not during this, because I knew I I would remember the last time we'd have this discussion. But like previously, I had totally been like, did they digitally remove her braces? Is braces offensive now? And I was like, I, I like went on a whole thing. I was like, there's no way they would do that. That's a dumb thought, Jack. And then I went and looked. and I was like, no, she just always didn't have braces. What am I crazy? Like, I yeah, don't know. no, it goes deep. You're not the only one. People have like asked her <laughs> like. Were you wearing braces secretly? (laughs) You you were wearing Invisalign in 1979. (laughs) I I also want to just point out that this is is when the Bond films totally just don't care about the books anymore and and will just take titles and come up with their own stuff or take tiny, tiny elements. um, Because Drax in Moonraker, the book, uh, is still an industrialist. There's a shitload of bridge playing, which like I don't think any audience would care about now. <laughs> but um, there's a it's a it's an interesting story because what Moonraker is in that is a uh, nuclear missile he's developing for Britain. He's going to develop the first intercontinental missile for Britain. But you know Bond thinks something's up with him and he follows him around and he learns that actually he's a secret Nazi and he's going to blow up Britain secretly. That's the whole plot. Um, and wow, that's it's dumber than this. More, Thanks, Ian Fleming. <laughs> it's one of his more. Uh, it's actually one of Fleming's more interesting books because he's kind of like talking about his concerns at the time about people like even then retroactively being like, were the Nazis that bad? And like scenes kind of semi proto fascist movements coming back. And like, it's really? it, it's an interesting one. And huh. it's the only one that Bond is not traveling. It's all British based. It's all London. They would never adapt it as a movie because it doesn't have the globe trotting stuff. But it would be a really cool like graphic novel, I feel like, or something. Um, but uh, or an audio story. <laughs> it's it's very like contained. But so I get why this is one of the ones they don't adapt. But it's just interesting that at this point forward, literally, we're just taking titles. We're just taking titles, maybe a character or two, and totally rewriting it. It was the same as Spy Love Me, but this is especially like almost nothing to do with the book other than the name of the bad guy and the term Moonraker and they picked it because Moonraker sounds very spacey <laughs> that's entirely mm-hmm. the only yeah. reason <laughs> yeah it's also it's I mean one of the uh, I don't even want to I don't want to go into like the what Moonrakers means I found people on the internet who have like made up better reasons than what I read than the reason they probably picked it so I agree with that there's like Moonrakers like a British term for like somebody who's like a man of like great ego or something, or there's like a whole thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like, a, there's makes, like a, there's like a, there's like a thing. That makes a lot of sense can, for the m- book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've, that's exactly. It probably makes way more sense to, for whatever other context than this movie was. I, I don't know, man. I think, I think, I think, I think one of the things that's, that's like, dark and deep about this movie for me and and then kind of dark about like how coming to this from the previous watching bonds is like i'm starting to realize this is the movie that where i always think like oh this is the dumbest blonde film but it's like secretly my favorite because i fucking love every moment of this fucking movie uh and i don't know (laughs) watching through bond and like quote unquote the better bond movies i'm kind of at this kind of kind of sticking point where i'm like yeah, I don't know. I, I have I've had so much more fun with Bond just being ridiculous this time around. And I think kind of the point that maybe has driven home for me is that maybe Bond is more of a ridiculous thing than we're doing. And it's kind of one of those things. It's like is kind of modern Bonds with like, you know, kind of the take of like taking him more serious or like, you know, and Craig is, you know, 
taken him more seriously and do kind of the things. And even Pierce Brosnan did, but took it. And Pierce Brosnan's definitely is like your dad's James Bond generation. <laughs> like it's definitely like that, like nineties, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't, maybe it's my, it's maybe my Republican dad speaking in there that I'm like, Oh yep. This is definitely a movie for him versus like, you know, maybe Craig being a little bit more generational. But I think the thing is like, we don't camp kind of has been sucked out of these bond movies and kind of watching back through these things. I'm like sort of sitting here like, you know, there is maybe like there's two really good Craig films that I'm not I'm going to defend and I will defend endlessly. But really, like, I don't necessarily know that, like, I'm going to watch either of those Craig films as much or as more if I'm going to watch this fucking little weird shitty piece of masterpiece, because I just think that, like, <laughs> my enjoyment and day is always saved by this fucking movie. <laughs> like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, you cannot. There is not a bad. I, I was in I was in incredible pain and I was like having a really sh- I'm having a really shitty run of it with back pain. And this came on and I was like watching. I was like, God, I feel good good it's like i can't drink anything i can't do anything but man i feel fucking good right now because james bond got a gondola and no one gives a fuck and there's the beer guy (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's it's it it was this is this is a fun 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 movie and and it's and it's everything against the wall and it doesn't have a lot of artistic critiques because i think the previous movie is like the spy who loved me is quote unquote a better structured put together movie, but it is nowhere near as fun as this thing. And I think, you know, it is, it is just wall to wall action. And maybe like sometimes in a genre like James Bond and like everything else to do with this, maybe this is like the right way to go. And that's like the, my point is like, and I think that it's like, it's like a, a you know, a, the path laid out before them. This is not the direction they went with it, but it was a path that was there. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it is kind of you can't once you've gone to space what the fuck else are you gonna do you know my favorite uh, line one of them is his name's jaws he kills people that's that's one of my favorite lines (laughs) that's like the epitome of it that and the deadpan of the villain just being like mr bond you defy my amusing attempts to kill you or something like that it was just so pitch perfect to me it's like i even the script knows like how ridiculous it looks you know on screen oh yeah yeah there's there's a self-awareness in this one particular oh with the lamp shading joke where like a bond is like making small talk with money penny and he's just like you don't you don't believe me do you (laughs) what what my day was like yeah yeah <laughs> or just like making fun of her dumb gadgets in the cia room i just like like mm-hmm. Ooh. he's like it's a purse phone like i was like I, I don't know like i love how they like they like use it as like oh female gadgets would be dumb and it's just like this whole like little side thing but it's it's kind of like thrown back at him it's like your gadgets are dumb you know this is movies ridiculous you have a dart gun attached to your wrist and it's like a whole tube now it's not even spy anymore like this this, this movie yeah, has the most ridiculous watch they just it's like sucking they just fucking put a like a gun on his hand and said here's a poison dart gun and you just if you move your wrist the wrong way you're gonna die <laughs> like i was like if you flick your wrist you're gonna shoot your foot and you're gonna die and i'm like all right i have several questions <laughs> like that's like <laughs> well, we have to say this is we get one of our even m who's usually so stuffy gets some some goof moments where he shoots the horse on the, his butt with the dart gun and he gets to do the no thank you mr bond <laughs> yeah like yeah it's yeah. sadly our last bernard lee uh Bond oh film. yeah this is, <laughs> oh, the last is one. he was always Aww. yeah he's always my favorite m he's just like the epitome of britishness he's just like he just always comes in and he's got a perfect double quilted desk and he's got a pipe and he's just 
I just love seeing old desks because it was so interesting to be like, oh, yeah, desks weren't just where you put your computer. It was like these really ornate statements and you had like, you know, yeah. your yeah. your drinks and your papers and your quill and your staff. I, I, I always think of him as the guy with power jowls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's oh, yeah. like the yeah, idea, yeah, like yeah. he's like, I'm like, whoa, hey, what's I'm up, man? <laughs> Yeah, when he, when yeah, he shows just, up at Bond's like swanky apartment, and he's like, mm, "Where's your pheasant gun?" And he's just like, he's so old <laughs> English. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I do think that there's like a little bit more of them pointing, like poking fun at the British establishment. I think that was also like, I'm sorry. This is the best Q line of any Bond movie. It's like, I think he's attempting reentry. Oh yeah. <laughs> That, I know it's dumb, but that's that always floors me every time. There's I, this is a movie where it's like the jokes just on a second viewing are better because they're so bad to begin with and you can miss them and they're not great. But on the second viewing, the punniness of everything just hits you and you think, fuck me. <laughs> like, it's, oh, I think he's attempting reentry. And I'm like, and it's just it's just really good. Uh, not and, even the second viewing. I chuckled every single time <laughs> at, at this at this one, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, can I just break down the top ten highest grossing films of this year? Because this is the single weirdest year in box office yeah. history. Go ahead, opinion. go ahead. I'm, I'm, because I'm you have the fa- weird I'm thing sure of this terrible. <laughs> well, it's it's terrible and great. It's it's very strange. So like, it's this weird thing where like we're about to hit the '80s. We're about to hit peak. You know, f- not even peak, for it, but like the beginning of like real blockbuster culture. Real like. You know, uh, VHS culture, make movie plexes, no. start building these things. So the number one film, I love this fact, is Kramer versus Kramer, <laughs> the number one film that beat Wait, every other highest, film. Hi- highest highest grossing? grossing film in the U.S. is Kramer versus Kramer, the domestic drama about okay. single dads wow. and divorcing and custody battles. That was the number one. That'll never <laughs> happen again in our lifetime. Uh, number so, two is the Amityville Horror. This is like the, the big horror movie of the year. I think partially because of the the uniqueness of going from like, you know, demons to being like it was our first like suburban haunting, you know, and that's always very popular. Uh, Rocky two, you know, your sequel to your your huge hit makes sense. Apocalypse Now, which is very impressive for that. Mm. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, which probably was expected to be the number one, but all the way at five, which is wild. Alien, which I always forget didn't make as much money as I thought. Uh, 10, the big uh, romantic drama. The Jerk at number 8, which is awesome. Moonraker, all the way at number 9. And then The Muppet Movie. Yay! What hmm. a weird list of films. So I, I think I thought you very were- interesting. I thought you were going to go on a tangent about 2020's like highest grossing film because the second highest grossing film worldwide of this year is Sonic the Hedgehog. So mm-hmm. you know, it is. It that's is. Always, 2020 that's, will have the biggest yeah. asterisks. <laughs> it's like so office. some shit went down. <laughs> like, like I don't even think you, box offices were this disturbed during like World War Two. Like to be honest with no. you, <laughs> no, no, yeah. 
This is a whole new set of circumstances for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I, unless you guys got anything else, I think we're probably ready to go ahead and put some scores on this bad boy. Uh, yeah, do it. I, I'm super curious. I'm kind of willing to go first if you guys want me to, because I'm probably I, I'm going to put some asterisks on my score for this one because I got some special places in my <laughs> sure, heart for it. Sure. But just let it go. I, just, I think I we know. need to give like a you give like a like, is this is this is this one on? cable are you gonna sit down and watch it kind of score oh yeah a a great cable bond film this is this is this is still i'm i'm sorry i know i know you're probably more you're probably more the spy who loved me and i appreciate that ben because i do i do think these two movies are brothers in their own way if one is probably more legitimate but i still think that this is like the ultimate dumb on tv i have to watch this movie at any moment because like i I think the one that it caught me this time around was i think it was uh i think it was like i i was like the last time i watched this on television it was doing the glass breaking scene i was like why is all this glass and i had to look up the thing about the glass and i was like jesus christ then i sat down i was like okay well i'm watching the rest of moonraker that's just (laughs) happening now and katie's like what the fuck are you doing i was like i gotta watch moonraker she's like can we watch the bachelor or something i'm like this is why I hate <laughs> you know I'm just kidding but yeah it is it is like it is like I think that it is I think I'm getting depressed more and more about James Bond and I need to go and watch Craig movies and maybe I'm like overshooting my score a little bit here but like I don't know this is a rediscovery for me a little bit of Roger Moore I've always maintained that Roger Moore is my perfect Bond movie because I think that it, just the the unsettling elements of uh you know of kind of previous bond eras kind of go away and and roger moore just has this so much more campy tongue-in-cheek element that's just so much more accepting and i think it's just easily is more easily to accept as like a more modern audience like this is just a much more this is just a much easier bond to just be like and watch in 2020 and be like yeah it's fine you know it's like it's i mean it's got some weird stuff but they, you know it's it's fine it's not the worst you know maybe maybe like she, you shouldn't like <laughs> she shouldn't like fall over the car and just be like holly goodhead just like <sighs> like <laughs> <laughs> i mean other than other than like some shit like that and man i'm rooting for dolly and jaws like i'm just i just want that to work i i don't they I come just, back, right? No, they don't come back. This is the last time you see no. them. Jaws never comes back. Is this two? Jaws is in two movies. Oh, okay, good. He okay. has a cameo in. You'll never guess, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> There's oh, a credit joke. There's an end credits joke of the henchman association, and it's like the henchman from the movie, and it's got Jaws and maybe Odd Job or like other other famous henchmen in movies, and it's hosted uh, by Richard Keel, who has metal teeth. So there you go. Uh, Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> also, it's, the only line that's ever spoken by Jaws in this movie is that one at the end, which I just I'm sorry. Like you can talk the whole time. Yeah, yeah I just the love whole it. Time. <laughs> And, and I, I also just love the reentry, like not the reentry joke, but the reentry sequence when they're shooting the, the the pearl necklace of death around the earth. I just think Drax is also like Drax is like weirdly imposing and scary for this movie. He, he actually, has got it figured out. He yeah. has like I'm yeah. not gonna monologue for too long. I have like yeah. the pageantry yeah. completely figured out. I got this flower and a glass ball over my head. All of the scenery and the architecture of my structures points Ooh. to my like 
like short figure or whatever. I don't know. Wait, what? Yeah. What do you say? No, he's got a, he's got a Napoleon <laughs> thing, and it's mirrored through the construction of everything else that's going on. And it's also just like him and pheasantry and like all this other things and like the dog scene. Like they really spend the time to build a pretty good villain and he's always forgotten and i don't know why he's forgotten because he is so much a better villain than like like a lot of other bond he's, films and I, he's, I think got, it's just he's up there for well, me i got a real like pinky in the brain brain vibe from him i don't know why yeah well he, he's not as campy but i i have delighted with him the more i watch him just because he, i agree with trevor he's the one who is the most like can you die, please? You're very irritating. Yeah. You are yeah. very, very irritating. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, like, it's like, yeah, it's like, there's no, there's no, like, you know, a lot of like Bond villains and James Bond. There's like a lot of like, ho- like, I, I don't know, homoerotic tension yeah. there. And they're like, I don't yeah, want to exactly. kill you. I want to throw you into a tank of sharks and watch you suffer. Like, oh, it's well, like, yeah, I mean, Gold, yeah. Goldfinger, like, it's a bondage chair. He's like, got his legs spread out and he's putting the yeah, thing yeah, into his a, balls. Yeah. It's very homoerotic. But like Drax is the one who's like, I can't with you fucking people like go away. (laughs) Well, if there is anything like sexually repressed there, it's that like restarting civilization is just kind of kinky. And that in the movie kind of knows that. And it's just like Uh, it's very personal fantasy type thing. Yeah. 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 Also, just do do you care about humanity? Or, or do you want a bunch of hot people in space who have to have sex yeah. with you because you're one of the only ones? You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it knows it. And it just makes him creepy. And he's just, he's just always creepy on scene. And he's just this little like squat figure. It's like, I know I do. He's doing like the Napoleon thing really well. And I just think that it's like he mix in a little dash of Nazism. He's a fun villain. He's a fun fucking villain. Uh, Was there I, a, when, when they go, go to the lab and there's the audible keypad. That's one of those where if yep, you hear yep. the tones, Spielberg allowed them to use it. It's it's it uh, is close yeah. encounters. Yeah. Okay, and, I was and like, at, yeah, Spielberg at the time was in talks to do a James Bond film, but eventually got Raiders uh, from George Lucas, I think, because like he was just fed yeah, up they with trying to did, get a Bond film. They did Raiders combo of wanting to do a, a love letter to their old serials they loved and wanting to do Bond. Like there's. Very clearly in like um, Temple of Doom, he's wearing the jacket that Bond always wears, that white dinner jacket. And it's like straight up like this is our Bond movie. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was giving a score, wasn't I? Jesus. Uh, you were. I interrupted because I hate. I, I wait, wait, wait. So this much. is our tangent episode, but this is a tangenty movie, so why not? Yeah. It's it's not it's not like one you like. It's like I feel like I I I definitely feel like like it's still pre eighties, but I I still feel like Coke was involved to some extent at this point of the like production. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I feel like well, all right, the Spy Who Loved Me was pretty good. Let's do a bunch of Coke and make another one. Like that's like that's like what I feel like. This is. And uh, yeah, it's for good and worse at this movie's extent uh, with a big asterisk. I'm going to give this I'm going to give this a nine. I know. Don't all hate me. Wow. With a big asterisk. Wow. I know. I love I love this fucking movie. This is probably my favorite Bond movie. If I just eat Fair. my own shit, uh, if it's if, if it's 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 the one where I'm like, it's probably this review is more out of the basis of like, I'm just like, it's what my soul is telling me versus what my brain is telling me. And my soul tells me that this is something that's just too good to pass up. So I'm going to recommend that everybody watches it because it's going to put a smile on your face as long as you can get into the vibe of just how fucking dumb this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's good. It's good. All right. Uh, awesome. uh, yeah. So Trevor or Ben, you guys can pick, and I'll go over Sarah's score in a minute. 
Uh, I'll go ahead and go. Um, I like this movie a lot more than the last couple times I watched it. I think I just in a good headspace for a good, good, goofy, goofy goof. And uh, I do think, yeah, I think that the, the, the budget actually did feel more earned this time. I was appreciating the stunts a lot more, especially the opening stunt, I think, is just really <laughs> remarkable. And the kind of uh, For Your Eyes Only similarly has a stunt, which, like, unfortunately, because of the Twilight Zone movie, especially wouldn't be done now, but has, like, the, the, the level of insanity that they got away with in Bond before. You know, you could be like, hey, maybe do that with computers instead of actual human lives, uh, which is terrible to say. But I mean, come on, there's just something kind of magical about watching real people falling with no obvious parachutes. It's just like wild. It's just crazy. And like that's kind of the Bond ethos that that is going to go away by the 90s, which is that, you know, this whole thing of like. Well, Bonnie's run over crocodiles, so we got to pay a stuntman to walk over crocodiles. <laughs> and you're like, why? Uh, and it's terrible. It's bad. And you shouldn't promote it. But I also love it, and I feel bad about it. Okay. Um, uh, this is just like the peak of that. There's just a lot of fun. The model work is. Uh, uh, this is our final Ken Adams film. Uh, Trevor pointed out the the wonderful set uh, where Bond and Holly are. Uh, about to be burned up by the the space shuttle. There's just like this totally ridiculous art deco. Ken Adams loved his big ovals. And uh, uh, it's just this gorgeous set that's totally ostentatious and ridiculous and I miss uh, deeply. Um, Lots of great locales. I think the only problem I have with this movie and why I'm going to give it uh, a 7 is that uh, the the tonal shifts are just troublesome. I wish it was honestly just a pun like wacky comedy almost like it just has too much dark shit in it like it does have like an Aryan race they keep a lot of like the Nazi creepy holocausty kind of stuff in it and it's like yeah and it's also you know got violent death and it's got that crazy like fairy 70s horror British horror scene with the dog it's like straight out of like the omen or something um it's it's very odd in that way and i kind of just want a more frolicky adventure this also is one that i just feel the the pace a little bit there's some the middle chunk where i just i'm just kind of like uh but all that globe trotting all that fun stuff all the the camp it, it is the best it's worked for me maybe ever I, I think i just getting to this point maybe just my own personal mindset or whatever uh i really like this one and, and this one and the next one for you is only the two i more is that every time I watch them, I like them a little more than the previous time. So I'm hoping, hoping I, that stays for next time. I, I will say this uh, for your eyes only. I have only ever seen once. I remember not liking it. I am excited to kind of go back to it, uh, to be honest with you. I think I like it because of Topol. I like the bond where he has a male friend who's with him through a lot of the movie. So you get yeah. kind of that. It's the only more that does that kind of Connery thing you did a lot of with like Tiger Tanaka and Karen Bay and like. Those kind of dudes. yeah, and that's, yeah. It's you know, you need bro. Bond needs a bro friend to bro out with, and it, you know, the only thing he we've does. had up till now is Scaramanga, and that I'm just saying, and, still the broiest Bond. And that's also where like I put out how dark the Craig movies are is that he gets a bro friend, and then in the next movie he like he gets killed and he leaves his body in a dumpster, and you're like, God, these movies are bleak. <laughs> God, especially like the two. I'm sorry. Like I love, I love Craig, but Craig is like good, bad, good, bad, and like the bad Craig movies are not like Moonraker is better than those Moon bad Ranker. Craig exactly. movies. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. The difference between this and Spectre. Spectre is almost a better movie construction wise, 
but it is so much oh, worse yeah, to yeah. watch. There's there's nothing. There's no. I, I, oh, it's oh, like an the, empty void watching that. Proof, <laughs> proof that plot construction is not everything. Otherwise, Lindsay no. Ellis would have a good book. No, I'm just kidding. And, that, and that's um, also I think I'm coming at at this is like just accept the camp and the silliness and 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 I miss when big bunch of movies could just be this crazy and like just like yeah go all out and just I, be nutso. It's it's the other reason why I think sorry I'm I'm gonna get to you Trevor I'm so sorry I, no, it's, it's the other I reason why out. I think I think that it's so much more valuable to watch where, where I where I, this movie is valuable I think <laughs> there is nothing like this being made right now just period no. there's nothing like this no. there's nothing ever going it's, to be made like this like that, you're right maybe it's, ever it, again like I want to say in like twenty years camp. I have no idea but still that's what it is it's big budget camp <laughs> yeah. yeah it's crazy. Yeah. All right, Trevor, let's get to you. Oh, and what's your score, Ben? I'm so sorry. Uh, seven. Seven. I understand. I totally appreciate all of you. This is not one where I'm going to fight you over scores. <laughs> right. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Trevor. I needed all that stall, stall time because I'm still torn because I think this is the best Bond is going to be at camp. I think this is, uh, is I don't know, yeah. I, I'm maybe yeah. calling my yeah. shot oh, too yeah. early. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, this is my problem with like. Uh, maybe, object- maybe a view to a kill for you. Maybe, maybe, but maybe. it's rough. A view to like, oh man no 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 I, sorry I, I know. disagree entirely Ben I'm just like a view to a kill I I I, I don't know it's Roger you Moore get a is lot like, of wacky Christopher Walken I mean that's that's the the appeal of that that's one. fair you got a hey I'm a Bond villain I'm Christopher Walken uh. I can't do a Christopher Walken accent <laughs> so like I this is where I I don't know how to rate it I want to rate it like really high because it's the best it's going to be at that thing and I I I don't know how much more I'd rather rewatch this than rewatch not that that's even how you do it like one of the more, you know, as we get more modern, they're going to get more serious and like those make them more compelling dramatically. But like, is Bond ever going to be dramatically compelling to me? Probably not until we get to Craig, really. Maybe some of the Brosnan. I don't know. So I give it an 8.5, I think. I'm really tempted to give it even more, but I'm just going to sit there and and just, I, I don't know what else to say. I had so many notes that were just like, oh, this thing happened, this thing happened. I just, I would love to see all those things happen again because they're so ridiculous and enjoyable. And I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like this is the Lewis Gilbert for me. You know, I didn't appreciate it the first two times, but we just finally like went for the home stretch here and I really literally (laughs) shot for the moon and I really appreciate it. So, I mean, the fact that they like, I don't know, I was watching it and they get to the space station. They're like, oh yeah, people didn't know because they're using radar jamming. And I was like, yeah, that explains it. Sure. That's... That explains why there's a secret space station in orbit. I'm totally fine with that. It's just such a great line. I just, I don't care. It's great. I don't don't know what else to say. I think, yeah, this movie is, this movie, (laughs) this movie is the, it's almost a better movie to put on like sometimes. Like I've done a lot of things and like I've, I've always extolled that like my favorite movie is the one that's like perfectly plotted. Like I really do enjoy tight ass plots. Like, 
it's one of those things where it's like I really don't have a lot of respect for middle of the road plotting like you're either back to the future or you're fucking Blade Runner do you know what I mean and it's the same sort of thing here where it's like this is all Blade Runner and this is so much worse than Blade Runner Blade Runner has a better plot than this movie and 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 it's it's this the absolute proof that I don't actually give a shit <laughs> like I was just like if you string some good shit together in order and it's just fun and it's just like ah and here you here and I was like I have no idea what you're trying to do James Bond or why you're in a glass museum but but just do what you're doing. Well, it, it has great fun. flavor, too. That's the yeah, thing with, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Mayan shit. They vaguely justify it with a wave of a sci-fi hand. We're like, yes, it was this flower that killed the Mayan civilization. And I was like, oh, great. All right. Yeah, sure. Like, nobody knows. It could yeah. be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure we know it killed the Mayan civilization. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was no, under the impression it was true. still, like, on historical basis. Still debatable. Thinking about, like, Aztec. Aztec Yeah. Aztec, yeah. Aztec, I walked up though. Sorry, I'm being, I'm being, I'm yep. being a, a, a historical plebe. Um, whatever that means. All right. Uh, so without Sarah's score, we're at an eight, which I'm going to leave it there and not include Sarah's score because it's going to knock it down. <laughs> this is <laughs> low. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just see my, you see me, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. I love you very much. It's my. Uh, I don't know. I have to edit this thing. So. <laughs> power anyways enjoy yeah so i think sarah's comment was uh i have plan oh sorry enjoyable definitely diverging on too crazy i i i agree i mean i verging <laughs> nothing nothing near to yeah nothing near to like say against it like it's all this movie is all perspective and that's the thing is like somebody comes up to me and like i didn't enjoy that movie and i'm like that's a valuable thought process you should enjoy i'm gonna go watch this for the 10,000th time on tv and really fucking enjoy it. and that's the thing i just think if you're the kind of person that likes a zany ass camp uh fuck fest this is this is it because this movie fucks uh the force that's a terrible yeah, the force terrible the force is strong with this one how about that <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i should have kept that one to myself i think he's attempting re-entry sir <laughs> I don't know why it's, it's just it's not even a good joke I'm just it's like oh look at me it's like it's such a like, thing I think it's we, the cue makes the joke I, th- I think that's part of what it is interesting to go back and look at culture right after Star Wars came out because you know it wasn't that Star Wars itself was going to be like the thing that like lasted it felt like a very like pop culture moment but it didn't feel like it was it was felt more like flash in the pan and so there's just like so many people trying to like be like Sonny and Cher will come out and be like, hey, Leia, go to the space bar. And just it just doesn't play and it's all bad. And it's so clearly before Star Wars was like a thing. So this is just part of that milieu that I find very interesting before like Empire comes out and it's like, OK, Star Wars is a thing. It's a franchise. We know what it is now. It was like. Uh, I don't know, like a pet rock or something. <laughs> it was just like more of a weird cultural moment at the time. So I, I appreciate the, the kind of anthropology of this movie, if you get my point. All right, let's stop. I'm rambling. Yeah, my brain's dying. No, no, no. You're you're good. I uh, I think yeah, this movie's a mess, and we're a mess, and so I think we're on the same wavelength because it's just Yay! fucked our brains, <laughs> and now we got to put a score on it. The Movie Gang Podcast gives Moonraker an eight out of ten, which is I'm just sorry, like that Hilarious. also saves that also saves my fucking day. I don't know why it does, Hilarious. but it does. It's, it's I love it. Yeah, I just like we're we're, we're like I'm, I'm gonna like put all our Bond scores together, and I just know when I put this 
shit on Twitter, people are going to lose their goddamn minds. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. I know it's like, that's, 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 that's one of the John things. You will probably of, yell at us on the chat when he sees. Oh, I'm, I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm literally going to CC his name and put Moonraker eight <laughs> next to it. Uh, you don't think Sean's going to dig the, uh, is he going to have a problem with the realism? Is that, is that what? Yeah. The, uh, Sean, Sean is a Craig guy. Sean's a Craig, uh, Pierce Brosnan guy. And he's, and, and, and I, that's, that's, to each their own, you know. Sean's more my dad in secret. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's end this for the movie game podcast. This has been Trevor Flynn. Good night, Ben Howers. See y'all later. And I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network site, thetuscanshed.com, where you can check out all our other podcasts, including Animania coming out. We're doing our uh, season, summer season rundown. A lot of anime. Anime production has not been halted in Japan, so that if, you, if you're stuck in your house, there's never been a good time to pick up on new summer season anime. Good things like Decadence, Rent-A-Girlfriend. I know it sounds terrible, but give it a shot. It's actually a really good spicy show. I know the sound is terrible. It's a real thing that does in Japan. You could rent girlfriends. It deals with the issues. Just go watch it trust me on that one i don't really actually think it deals with the issues it's pretty it's pretty just spicy uh i think it's spicy trevor doesn't think it's spicy i (laughs) it depends on what your definition of spice is trevor trevor was not ready to have this fight again in a movie gang episode (laughs) yeah check that out decadence uh other good shows but obviously uh my teen romantic comedy snafu oh my god i can't believe i'm shipping all these great shows that are happening re zeros out a lot of good anime coming out right now good time to get in and get involved check that out on animania good place to get you started uh and then also you can check out the pen and paper pod we're live streaming every monday at 7 30 uh, p.m eastern standard time uh where he just defeated the wild wendigo in the mountains of the northern orc clan so you now they're going to go have to go and we're going to have our own little star wars run of the mills they try to fly on manticore backs and drop bombs on a carrier and a giant sky bottle that'll be taking place this uh monday which i think this episode will be released by monday yeah yeah so i should be about around the same time so check out that you can also check out all the new pen and paper pod episodes our water deep pandemic arc is coming out slowly sorry i gotta get some editing done on the pen and paper pods podcast feed we'll be catching up to that shortly doing two episodes a week's good time to get involved with that as well you can also check out old episodes including geek space nine live long and discover as well as the feast for bros all show rundowns of deep space nine and uh well the uh, short-lived but much loved uh i love you guys not the show <laughs> of live long and discover where we went over star trek discovery uh and uh obviously like love deep space nine i'm don't look at me like that bit i got like a sad face like i was saying deep space nine was i've bad. started watching <laughs> it. I, I, I was confused because i was like deep space nine seven seasons it did fine i i love deep space nine no i hate star yeah, trek yeah. discovery i'm sorry that was no, yeah, yeah, yeah. sarah and me are on the same page where we were sour pusses for like 90 percent of that podcast <laughs> anyways let's go back and yeah and yeah so go ahead and uh, listen to all those you can also head on over there check out a myriad number of ways to help our podcast but if you want to head on over to at the underscore movie underscore gang on twitter on facebook where you can give us comments like subscribe all those things i don't know like subscribe that's a fucking youtube thing we don't even have a youtube channel we actually do have a youtube channel go check it out haha <laughs> i'm just faking you out go check out that all over there and from everyone here at the movie gang podcast thanks for listening <laughs>